All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's officially the quarantine episode of the Dying Alive podcast. We'll talk a little bit about hockey and specifically the lack of it, and if there isn't any. Uh, we'll field a whole show entirely of your questions. There's some good ones, uh, and some of those are also about hockey. So, half hockey show today. We're all in quarantine. It's Dying Alive. Where were you guys the day that the hockey died? Or more specifically, was paused? I'm Jesse Marshall of The Athletic Pittsburgh, joined as always by my friends, co-hosts, colleagues, Mike Darnay of Pennsburg. Hello, Michael. Hello. Good morning. And uh, Pat Damp of thepensblog.com. Hello, Patrick. Hey, Jesse. How are you dealing with self-isolation and quarantine? Shaved my beard. It's a sight to see, folks. I know it's an audio medium, but oh boy. I'm telling you right now, I look 16 years younger. I really do. I look 16 years younger. I would get carded for like pretty much anything right but now. But guess what? You can't go to a bar right now. Can't go, I mean, I would, I could, but I'm not going to. Smart. Did you, did you boys go out and partake in the St. Paddy's Day festivities yesterday? Absolutely well, not. Well, you were working. Yeah, I was, so I was, I was working, and even if I wasn't, no. Like... <laughs> I hear the word pandemic, and I'm like, okay, the least I can go outside, the better. Um, let's just do a PSA right out of the gate. Stop buying all the goddamn toilet paper, people. There's, <laughs> Of course, no one who's listening to the show is going to be participating in that kind of behavior anyway, so I don't know. You know, I guess if some person happenstance comes across this podcast and you've bought an excessive amount of toilet paper, um, shame on you. And I hope that all of these people, guys, get stuck with a grotesque product overflow um, to which they have no means to unload, <laughs> and uh, you, they're stuck. Did you guys see the story yesterday? The guy in Tennessee. I did not. Uh, this guy in Tennessee like bought a massive amount of hand sanitizer and toilet paper, and his plan was to just upsell it all on Amazon, and Amazon shut it the hell down. Oh wow! Amazon did something. Uh, something I good. guess like also I guess the state of Tennessee is like looking into him for it, so. He's fucked. <laughs> oh, Rocky Top. Um, the only state in the union without a case of uh, coronavirus right now is in uh, West Virginia. Correct. Yeah, a couple years right. after I moved There's out. There's a lot of jokes. <laughs> a lot of jokes I can make right now, you know, about things like uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. <laughs> I, got, I got colleagues in West, you know, whatever. Uh, Good for hey, you I guys. Li- I, I, hope I lived there for a few years. I'm... All those people are going to come back from spring training and flood West Virginia. and it's <laughs> All hell's going to break loose. Um, so no hockey. We're done. So, uh, the, the penguins were prepared to play a game in an empty arena against the Columbus blue jackets, which I was super intrigued by guys because would they have fired the cannons off at all? (laughs) Would they have, would they, would we have gotten cannon fire from that? Well, not, how not, loud would it have been? In not only that, but arena? you would have been able to hear every word the players were saying. That's what I really was looking forward to. Yeah, I was, I was supposed I was really to. Looking forward I to. was supposed to write the game day preview for that game for Penn's blog, and I had most of it written. And one of the things I put in there was this like fun tip for the uh, sports books around the country: set an over under for how many times in empty arena games we're going to hear the word "fuck" over the broadcast. <laughs> oh, that would have been that, that would have been the perfect well, and, prop. And, and also, I was looking forward to just hearing all the the, the skates on the ice. I was curious if they were going to treat it like, like you know, uh, you... early two thousands WCW and like pump in crowd noise and 
have like uh basically just the like soundboard guy like giving it to either team with no crowd in the building. That's like what yeah, that's like what TNA used to do. Like when TNA really took a nosedive in the wrestling world, they were like all, there was like 30 people at the taped recording and it sounded way louder than that. Uh, I wanted to hear things like there are just players on the Penguins that are more vocal than others. Um, and I, I just wanted to hear what it sounded like. You know, I was going to say I was I had a drinking game created. It was like drink every time somebody yells wheel <laughs> drink every time you hear someone yell time. Anytime you'd be dead. You'd be dead by the 10 minute mark of the first. Period. Anytime you hear Hornquist yell, let's go, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kind of motivational quote from Patrick Hornquist. I also, you know, what's I, interesting? I was, let's, I was here, also hoping that game day, like you said, with the cannon game day operations, wouldn't uh, like change all that much. And like you'd hear, like, but that's what you'd hear, like the or- that's what happened in the Gregarian Cup in the KHL. You'd hear like they had the ice dancers. Yeah, you, still, you hear like <laughs> yeah, yeah. These KHL players are skating out, and there's ice dancers in there, and there's no one in the arena. They kept all the props up for the players to skate through, and then there's these ice dancers cheering them on. And I'm like, who are they there to motivate? You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure on? Columbus, if I if I remember correctly, has like an in arena host too, and it's not like uh, Selena Pompiani who just does like the interviews and stuff, like a crowd hype. Like they have like a crowd hype man. Yeah. So it would have been great if they'd have had him, like, just in the middle of an empty arena, like, make some noise! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, you know what's interesting? I was thinking about this this, this other day. Um, everything stopped, right? Right? We're completely shut down. So if your team was, like, in the middle of, a, like, a shooting percentage slump, what happens now? Does it continue like when the game pick back up? Does the slump go on or is it like it ends now? Like what happens with PDO? You know, like where do these teams go? It's like it's like you're hitting the reset. Seriously, like you're hitting the reset button. And like we always follow these things in like rolling trends of like 10 or 25 games. And now you just shut it all down and come back. It's almost like you come back and, and like take the Penguins, for example. Right. They, scoring goals hasn't been easy for them. Now what? It's like, do they come back and like, hey, turns out we forgot how to do this all all along. It was a lot easier than we thought. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's going to be fun to see what happens. I mean, it it does make you wonder, like, what kind of effect will this have? Will this be like a all-star break where the first, if they come back with the first couple games are sloppy and a lot more fun to watch? Or is it going to be an actual rest period and some of these guys come back sharper, which I don't think is likely because... The NHL basically told its players to isolate, like don't don't leave, don't work. If you're going to work out, work out at home. If you're going to skate, you got to have a home rink. You can't go to a public rink. So, I mean, if if and when they come back, it's it's probably not going to be pretty. Which leaves us with the question of like, what tangibly happens with the season? I mean, Gary Bettman hasn't said much other than to comment that he doesn't see next to season being affected. But we also know that the NHL has asked ownership to keep arena availability through the end of July. So in my mind, if you're going through the end of July, you can't give players a month off and ask them to come back to camp, you know, what, five, six weeks later. That seems that seems far-fetched to me. Yeah, I feel like it could be one of those things where <clears throat> it gets pushed back a little bit to start the next year. And every year moving forward ends up like you catch up a couple of days here, a couple of days there to get back to normal 
schedule. Yeah, or you just play 70 games next year. Yeah, yeah. You that would that probably too. be easier because then you're not spending an X number of years playing catch-up. And then that'd be a, if you're going to play 70 games, that's a great time to try out three points for a win in regulation, two points for a win in overtime, and one point for any manner of overtime loss. Which is what they should do anyway. I mean, it's... It, exactly, it, yeah. It, like, it won't, it won't break their precious idea of parity and keeping it close because really you're giving you're still giving a loser point but you're just giving an extra point to the winner for winning so it'll actually be able to separate the really good teams from the good teams from the bad teams right and here's the other thing too like it satisfies all parties people that like a a loser point i don't know why they like that but you still get it the rest of us, normal people, get the three points for regulation win. Uh, so, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, if you're going to do a 70-game season, what a time to try it. Let's fix this damn thing. Let's get some new officials, too, while we're at it. <laughs> so we're just, we're just turning, the, we're just turning a, the... A referendum for change. Yeah, we're just turning the, the, the pause of the season into this giant overhaul of the league. <laughs> yeah. So what, yeah, do guys, what do you guys think is going to happen? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I think that uh, I do think they're going to finish these games out, though, because the NHL, the one thing it does have going for it is that this is the, the this is a crazy playoff race. It's insane. I mean, take a look even at the West and what's going on over there. I mean, you know, we, we, we focus so much on the Metropolitan Division and, you know, the fact that, you know, there's five, six teams from that division that could, could make it and there's only going to be five. Um, I mean, you know, look. I don't see a way that you could just say, hey, we're moving right on to the playoffs. I mean, you know. Well, this is this, is, this is the NHL. I could very much see that. Well, you're right. I mean, I personally don't see a way. <laughs> I mean, I see a way they do it. Um, I wouldn't like that. Uh, I think about being like – and then there's this whole thing like Minnesota-Winnipeg right now is so tight that I think it would go to a tiebreaker that the, the, the Wild would end up losing. Um by like a very small margin in some category. I don't know. I just, maybe you make the first round of the playoffs five games. Um, I don't know. My gut says this season's over. Like I, I hate to be the wet blanket, but just the way everything's been shaping up around the world and around the country, I just – I don't know, man. I, I just – I don't think that things are going to get resolved in time for them to have an actual condensed schedule to finish the season out and get to the playoffs unless they're willing to shrink the playoff field and have three or two rounds rather than four. Yeah, what's today? The 15th, Pat, yeah, right? March 15th. I think, I think by the 30th of March, you'll know. Yeah, that may, I mean, that I would make sense. Like, yeah. It kind of seems like the yeah. trajectory the rest of the world was on for all of this. Like, it was about a month, month and a half, so... I don't know, but it, my gut tells me that we're going to see the 2019-2020 season in the record books as did not finish. Which is – it's crazy, man. That's nuts. And it's like I still I still feel left – I would feel left wondering – well, first of all, like I'm all for whatever keeps people alive. Let's get that out of the way first. Like hockey is secondary here to like health and life and a normal functioning society. Uh but I, what would you like? What, how would this? Let's say that happened, guys. What, how would this Penguins team last in your memory? Like, what would be your memory of this team? What would be like the overarching sort of thing you would you would remember about this run? 
Oof. It's a tough question. It would definitely be it would definitely be marred with inconsistency. It would that would kind of be my initial thought of it is that they were a really good team that struggled to find a consistent level of greatness because you look at the way they played when they were battling injury and they looked like world beaters and as of the last month they've just been up and down and up and down and really like inconsistency the only word that comes to mind. Yeah, it would leave me wondering how they would end up finishing the season. Me too. I think it's a big thing because, like, we were all look. I think I speak for everyone in the in the pod, even when we were all looking for like some manner of positive. You know, like we all kind of like looked at that New Jersey game and we're like, okay, like wasn't the prettiest thing I've ever seen in the world. But compare it to like Washington and Carolina, it was like, you know the the miracle on ice you know? so it's like so you kind of had the sense like all right like okay in a five game sample they had laid two eggs and had three decent wins against non-playoff teams and it's like you know there was a foundation there at some like some level and i really would have wanted to have seen you know operating under the assumption that it doesn't come back how long and how much more of Genny malkin was going to do because for some reason oh, yeah. it has been swept under the rug this season but he has been otherworldly yeah and really like too i think took a larger chunk of burden with regards to the leadership you know just with things like talking after tough situations or saying the right things and, and that's only what we know you know we don't even know what's going on behind closed doors but uh top down i mean look at every aspect of it uh this has been an unbelievable season for him I wouldn't, you know, if things do come back, I wouldn't expect that to change. Which also, guys, we have to mention this. The, if the league does pick up, continues up a month from now, right? Let's, see, let's say things, you know, drastically alter for the better. What, what does that mean for Jake Gensel? What's it mean for the Penguins' salary cap? Yeah. Well, there's no cap in the playoffs, so there's good news there. Um, I mean, worst case scenario, you just send him out to last and bring him back for round one, oh, I guess, right? Guess what, guys? He's healthy. Yeah, yeah the uh, yeah. Patrick Kane in 2014. Like, right. oh, look yeah. at that. All so, of a sudden, round one, game one. Patrick Kane's healthy and can play. Yay. And then you get, like, the thing nobody thought we'd get, which is, like, Crosby and Zucker – or not Crosby, Gensel and Zucker on the same team at the same time this season. Um, that'll that'll cure some of your goal-scoring woes. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> right up <laughs> here's a here's a here's a 40 goal scorer for you um so yeah i don't know man it's gonna be it's it's, it's one of those things that uh we're all in the we're all in the uncharted right now let's just uh you know let's chill find a hobby a lot of i'm playing some videos a lot of good video games out there yeah a lot of good video games um cooking i'm even cook i'm cooking made some uh kung pao chicken yesterday michael nice yeah what do you, what's on the docket for you today? Sleep. Oh, yeah, you got to go to bed, huh? Um, yeah, at some point. I slept for 11 and a half hours yesterday. That's great. Yeah, because like, <laughs> there's nothing else to do. So, What about you, Pat? What are you going to do? I have done a good bit of cooking. Uh, oh, what are you whipping up over I there? I made uh, this chili lime chicken the other day. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm a big uh, lime guy. It's an, it's an underrated love- tool when you're cooking. It is. You get a little lime zest in there, Pat. Oh. Zest it up a little bit. Stop it. 
Um, we got a significant amount of correspondences, which are going to lead to uh, a good bit of discussion from the three of us. So we thought that for the rest of the show, uh, we would just drop the heaviest of the beats, uh, put a big burden on Michael here, uh, and allow him to guide us through uh, your feedback as we uh, uh, continue the quarantine portion of, uh, portion of the program. Drop the old beats there. Let's get to the people. Russell the papers, Michael. Let them know uh, you're there. I don't have any papers this week. You, you going mobile? Yeah. Okay. Um, <coughs> I don't, I, can you hear me tapping to swipe? I tried to try to do a little uh, paper noise. I don't think that was that was very good. That, that was it. It sounded like you were wearing uh, like swishy workout pants. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Aaron asks favorite activity to do while quarantined. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say sleep. Yes. So nap will definitely be up there. I haven't really had an opportunity to really delve into that yet. Um, been playing some video games. Um, I watched all three oceans movies yesterday. That's good. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. And if I had to rank them, I would go 11 number one for sure. 11 is just a classic. Mm hmm. Get that scene at the end with the fountain and like the Claire de Lune. I love that. Oh, that is, I love that movie. Yeah, great movie. Um, So that's it. Yeah. And I started season three of The Sinner because I watched the first two. I uh, done some reading. I'm reading uh, Sean Fitzgerald from the Athletics book Before the Lights Go Out about junior hockey. It's pretty good so far. Uh, Downloaded The Division 2, started playing that. Pretty fun. Mm. And I've still had to go to work because you work in the news. They can't exactly send you home right away. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, news is a lot like the mail in the sense that uh, it's got to go on. Okay, uh, let's see. We've got Jeff asks, what is your favorite thing about the city of Pittsburgh? Probably that it's small. It's a small, big city. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, yeah. It's not like Chicago where it's like it's all spread out. Like Pittsburgh's really small. You could get anywhere in a very short period of time. Uh, everybody knows everybody, which could be good and bad, I guess. Um, but it's oh, yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like it too. You don't get like you don't feel lost in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I like that. I I like that. Um, and this sounds kind of cheesy, but I like the fact that it's been a city that's had the ability to pick itself back up and reinvent itself several different times. Like, you know, when steel went away, it seemed like we were never going to come back. And now all of a sudden technology and medicine are rolling the day and we're right on our way back. Yeah. Uh, Scott asks, did Jesse or any of you finish watching the wire? I finished season one of the wire. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I started season two and no one told me, that every season was going to be different. So I didn't. I did not start or finish it. I, that nobody expected you to, Michael. <laughs> nobody expected you to. Um, it was on. So it was. I, it, it was on my watch list, and then I had to cancel HBO now, so I have not watched it. Yeah. Well, I also just canceled HBO. So great point, Patrick. I'm. 
I'm going to be on a hiatus. I mean, with if, regards to I life. mean, if this quarantine, if this quarantine like, keeps up, I'm going to have to get it again. Yeah, I just didn't. I season two didn't enthrall me as much as season one. Um, similar question from Mike Neuer. What should I watch while socially isolating? Um, I'm like I said, man, Bill Pullman. I love Bill Pullman. I think he's a great actor. I'm thoroughly enjoying uh, season three of The Sinner. And the first two were really good. Jessica Biel especially was great in season one. You know, I always confuse Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. Yeah, that's easy. Everybody does that. Died, right? Everybody screws up their Bill P's. Bill Paxton's the one who died, correct? Bill Paxton died? Or did when? Bill or did Bill Pullman? I'm pretty sure one of them died. I, Let's I, Google Bill Paxton. I don't know about all this. This seems this seems specious. I mean, Bill Paxton may have died. Um, yeah, February 2017. Uh-huh. Wow, damn! I missed that. <laughs> so did I. He was in, I mean, Bill. What, Bill what's your Bill, What's your favorite Bill Paxton movie? Oh, dude, Twister. On, yes, on, on, it's a tie between Twister, Apollo 13, and Weird Science. Weird science, underrated choice. Yeah, he was also Bill Paxton was also in Terminator. That's right, he was. Yeah, Tombstone. Bill Paxton was in Tombstone. He's in. A, he had some bangers. Um, that sucks. I didn't know. Now I'm all bummed out about <laughs> Bill Paxton. I, I, I forgot. I guess. I don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe I'll watch Twister today when I go to sleep. Twister. Let me tell you now. Doesn't hold up that well. It's okay. I watched it uh, not too long ago, and I was like, "Ah, it's not as good as I remember it." I uh, uh, I binged the show Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's pretty funny. I've enjoyed that. So that's a yeah. I got into Brooklyn Nine Nine a little bit, Pat. I, I for some reason I thought it sucked. I did too. I don't know why. Like like for some reason like like everybody, it felt like it was one of those shows where everybody's like, "Oh, I don't know why this is still on," and then. A coworker of mine was like, "Yeah, you should check it out." And like, I started watching it, and it's funny as hell. Yeah, I say, you know, I got to give you a shout on the Bob's Burgers thing because I've started watching that a little bit too. I do love Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. John Hill asks, "Best hockey video game?" You know what one I missed (sighs) that I wish would come back? NHL hits. Yeah, hits is good. I was always I, I love '94. I mean, 94 was like the holy grail back in the day, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, and then I want to see it was NHL 2000 or NHL 2001. Um, the one that had Van Beesbrook on the cover? Didn't have Van Beesbrook on the cover. I want to say it had Marcus Naslin on the cover. I think that was... I'm going to go into, into the archives and go with Nintendo's Blades of Steel. Blades, Blades of oh, Steel. Steel. Let's go back. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> uh, actually, I take that back. I think Brett Hall was on. No. No, who was that? That's not even the right version. It was any until 2000. Now it was driving me crazy. Until 2001. What about 99? Also, I think it, another good one was two years later. Was uh, I liked NHL 96 when they kind of like revamped the whole format yeah and then what was it 2009 when they went to like the shooting stick oh uh, uh, yeah, t- yeah i think that so. was 10 nhl 10 yeah i um i remember being so hyped for nhl 10 like it, it was gonna you know like the whole like ea sports like you know nhl thing where you could play on a team with your friends oh i love, and all that stuff. I love ea shl 
So I'll never forget the day that game came out. I drove out to go get it, and my uh, freaking car broke down. <laughs> Didn't even get to play NHL that day. I love EASHL, and I love Ultimate Team. Like, had a team on there called the Goondangles, Pat. I thought that was cool. Yeah, we had, we had a team called the Goondangles. That's good. That uh, carried over into like real life. Uh, we made like a beer league team called the Goondangles, which I thought was a hilarious name. <laughs> That's real good. Yeah. Uh, what else you got, Michael? Uh, let's see. Harrison Baldwin says, talk about <laughs> Penguins legend Josh Archibald's pretty good season on the Oilers. Yeah, sneaky, right? Like totally uh, old Nebraska Omaha product uh, that the Penguins – help me remember where the Penguins sent him initially. Did he go to Arizona? I think so. I, 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 that's I what I was just thinking. Yeah. Do you remember, Pat? Yeah, I'm looking that up. Well, yeah, I think okay. they, I think that uh... – because his his headshot, the first one that comes up, is in an Arizona jersey. So, yeah, yeah they sent him to Arizona, uh, seventeen eighteen. What did they get back? Let's see. I can't even remember. Played, he only played like a handful of games in seventeen. Oh, that was a that was a weird. That was when they traded Sean McGuire to get Michael Layton for the. Oh, for the yeah. AHL team. Because it was in the goaltending, like, took a dump. Yeah, there was yeah. like there was an injury and nobody could keep pucks out of the net, so they had to make Well, no, trade. that was also the uh, anti-Niemi situation as well. Yeah, the, yeah. the Niemi experiment. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and Wikipedia said this trade's purpose was to clear space for a follow-up trade, which brought Jamie Oleksiak to Pittsburgh. Ah. That's right. But Archibald is having a good year uh, for Edmonton and seems to, like, you know, fit into that system, um, you know, pretty well. Uh, and good for him, man. Like, you know, it's tough to bounce around like that. And he's not, you know, what he's 5'10", right? So he's not the biggest guy in the world. Um, but he's got 12 goals on the year. That's good. He had 12 for Arizona last year as well in less games. He's less – more goals and the same amount of goals in less games this year um, tied for his career high. So good for him. And he's one point off a crack in his career total there as well. Nice. Uh, we kind of touched on this, but Sean Carney asks, when this all passes and the NHL starts back up, how would you restart the season? He mentions playing the remaining games in shortened playoff series, play it as scheduled, or start up with the playoffs and some playing games. That would be interesting, the playing game stuff. Yeah, I think I think you finish. I think they fin- Go ahead, Pat. Honestly, I'd like to see that. Like you maybe play like – like get every team up to 70 ga- or like 75 games or something. Once every team hits a 75 game threshold, you have like a couple wild card play in games or whatever to seed like the, even if it's like a best of three. Yeah. And just have like two or three playing games or whatever, to get like the last couple seeds in each conference in, and then just hit the ground run and play like do do like what uh, the AHL does. Do uh, five seven seven. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Lee Thompson asks, "Have you guys ever watched Australian Rules football? And if not, are you willing to give it a go now that it seems to be one of the only leagues in the world playing, and it starts on Thursday?" People were scrambling yesterday to find a stream of the Indian Super League final. <laughs> What is Indian Super League? What sport? It's, it's soccer. Soccer. Yeah. So it's, it's Indian Super League final was yesterday. Uh, I did not 
find a stream. I will tell you, though, my recommendation for the Premier League is we should just cancel the whole thing and pretend that it never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't see any reason to really acknowledge this season. There's no reason to acknowledge that exactly, Patrick. We have got to cancel it. Strike the record clean. Never happened. I mean, the, like that. It's really the only realistic thing to do, just because if you're going to end like right near the end of it, like you didn't get all the way there. There's no re- no need to exactly. reward teams exactly. for not finishing the season. Who, who would truly benefit from finishing? Nobody. This point? Nobody at all. Nobody would. Nobody would. I actually do want to tell you that that quote from me is an exact quote from Executive Chairman Karen Brady of West Ham United. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> who, did a, who did a media blitz? yesterday advocating for the total shutdown and cancellation of the premier league and a stricken habit being stricken from the record and i will tell you that 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 viewpoint comes solely from the fact that west ham united are holding on to a non-relegation spot by the skin of their teeth <laughs> yeah i mean in fairness it is a problem trying to what's the bottom of the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever you do, I think it should be on years of service and tenure, which would keep us <laughs> up. <laughs> so, and the teams that have been in the Premier League the longest should stay there. But then, like, I think about these things, Mike, and then I, I realize that at the end of this, no matter what the decision is, I'm stuck with David Moyes. And, my, <laughs> and I really, I really, am, there's no winning for me here. So he seems like uh, a real. He seems like a real Mike Johnston as a coach or manager. No, I would I would um he's way more decisive than Mike Johnston was. Uh he's just dumb. <laughs> That's it. Great guy. Super guy. Everybody loves him. Not a good manager. Like I, I I'm through the point where I'm even cheering for him now. You know, cuz like he's made so many stupid decisions that have made my life so much harder that I'm not even going to give you credit when you make the right ones because you're making them too late. <clears throat> you know the feeling? Like, if you had done this six weeks ago, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. Um, there's going to be no NASCAR because I was going to watch that. Um, and there was, like, a bounty situation going on there. That got canceled. Um, there was UFC last night in an empty arena. That was weird to watch. Um, and then I watched the night. I watched, like, I got went down this rabbit hole of watching, like, a bunch of sports from 1989 last night. Um, and it's just downright. Like, you know what I took away from that? announcers then were so much better than they are now yeah in what, in what way like way more brevity like allowing the moment to speak for itself you know the the way that the way that they created excitement and made things seem larger than life you know maybe that's nostalgia pat but I, i'm like don't get me wrong like tony romo you know like jim nance al michaels these are mike joy gary thorne like these guys are great right they're great mike lang great um well they know when to be quiet i think that's it i think that's it and i and i just they they knew how to make excitement seem genuine whereas i think like um there's a couple of like the guy who does you know not to call anyone out but the guy who does monday night football right now not booger the other one well um, they both they both suck yeah well i mean like he, i feel like the man, the excitement is so overly manufactured like i i don't need that like right like just let the game play out you know, let it let it speak for itself. That's why, like, I'm such a big fan of Doc Emmerich, just because you can tell that he has a genuine passion for the sport. So, like, oh, yeah. even when he's hyped up, like, you know, it's from a real place. It's not him like, "Ooh, I got to make sure the audience at home is captivated by this moment. Like when a game is back and forth and like high paced, like he is 
into it. Like there is no, yeah. there's no like, ooh, I got to play this up and I got to, I got to, I got to get going here. Like he is watching that game and he is just gripped by the action. I love Edzo too. Um, he's, I think Edzo is a, a really good example of what a good analyst brings to a sport like hockey that moves really fast. I have to mention too, the international women's day thing was dope. Um, oh, AJ yes. was awesome. Uh, killed it. Would love to see more of them just, in, you know, more women integrated into this thing. Like let's spread it around and get some variety. I saw, it. I, I want to say it was Mark Lazarus cause he was doing a good job of just calling out dipshits that were like complaining about it on Twitter. But he said something like it was either him or somebody else. Like somebody tweeted at them, like, you know, maybe we should get somebody in there with actual knowledge. And he tweeted back, like there's like eight gold medals between the team the, between them. I think the knowledge is just fine. Yeah. Like, whereas your ass is on your couch, like, <laughs> you know, fucking eating popcorn, like I would have buried that. Yeah, the only stick you've ever used is a plastic needle. <laughs> no, but 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 uh, and what you were saying about Edzo, like that's one of my favorite confirmation bias studies is Penguins fans that think Edzo hates the Penguins. Like he'll rattle off yeah. like fifteen things in a row. Like look how good of a play by Sid here, and this is a real heads up play by Chris Letang, and wow, that's great awareness by Jake Gensel. And then it'll be like, oh Eddie, I, or oh Doc, I don't know. Like that's a save you think Murray's got to have, and then you open your Twitter feed and it's just, like this guy can't get over being fired by the Penguins. <laughs> and then the other half of the fan base is like, yeah, see, I've been telling you this about Murray all along. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I I. I put a poll up yesterday on Twitter about what I should should talk about next on the athletic. And it looks like we're going to be doing like a deep video analysis on Mario Lemieux. I started cutting tape last night. Pat, do you remember a kid, how badly you wanted a coho revolution because Mario Lemieux had one. What do you mean? Wanted one boy. I had you, one. Oh, I had one too. Yeah. But I mean, that's <laughs> no, me too. Like I had a, everybody had a coho revolution and like, what was it, like 96 95 era uh, but then, but, when wood sticks were at their best but then i came to but then i came to jesus and remembered that the only wood stick worth having was a sherwood featherlight with a coffee curve i was a sherwood stan <laughs> i didn't have a preference even um i had a i had a uh, most of my sherwoods were an oats curve the coffee curve was, was just extremely illegal <laughs> yeah yeah, you 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 could basically scoop the ball up as if you were playing lacrosse. Pretty much, like you could Svechnikov your entire way around the backyard with your friends. Uh, the coffee curb was responsible for the loss of the window in my grandfather's garage. Oh yeah, <laughs> broke a lot of windows. Really got away from me. Really got away from me. And then I lied and I told him that uh, I let the door down too fast. And <laughs> <laughs> What else you got, Mike? Uh, Zach T asks, best team captain the Penguins have traded for? Eligible players can be any player who was a team captain before joining the Penguins. Hmm. Jesse, you'd remember this better than I would. Was Trottier, did they trade for Trottier? Uh, yeah. And was he, a, yeah, was, he was a captain, a team captain. Yeah, right? he was a captain with the Islanders, yeah. I mean, that's got to that's gotta be a pretty solid front runner. That's up there, man. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm going back in the channels <clears throat> of history. Um, Ron was Ron Francis the captain of the Hurricanes? I think so. Whalers, because I would go with uh, yeah. Sorry, Whalers. yeah. I yeah. would go with that. Um, 
received. I mean, they traded Ooh. for Iggy, but misused them. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, Marlowe, the book's still out on that one. Yeah, uh, Francis played 10 seasons for the Whalers, serving as captain for six of the 10. Uh, so, yes, that's my final answer. Hmm. Other captains of the Whalers include Dave Tippett and Joel Quenville. Just FYI. So the Whalers pumped out some good uh, front office and hockey op staff people. Pierre Maguire. I didn't say all of them. That was a joke. That was a joke. If you're if, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know about the history of Pierre, Pierre Maguire and the Whalers, Google it, dude. The, and I want you to read read what they had to say about Pierre after he left. The yeah, that one editorial about him. Yeah. Oh my God, he gets just yeah. If you're listening to this, you've never read that. Go read it. A lot of people don't know that exists. Could probably also uh, include Bill Guerin. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Real good oh, one. man. That one would probably be the most fun. <laughs> uh, Gary Roberts. Another good one. Gary Roberts, I believe, captain of the Panthers when they traded for him. The Penguins have mined a lot of captains from around the world. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's got to be between Francis or Garen. Yeah, I'm going with my, my pick of Garen. I'm sticking with... Uh, I'm sticking with Ron Francis. I yeah. really wish it could have been oh. Iggy, but fucking damn Bilesma. Uh Lowell asks, worst player to get quarantined with. <laughs> oh, man. Nick Bugstad, because somehow you'll get hurt. You know, when, that, when Sean Gentilly did the anonymous player poll for the Athletic, a lot of guys seemed to, like be upset with either the latency or the just downright ambivalence of Dominic Simone at times. So <laughs> I would say it'd have to be him. Cause if you have somebody who's like constantly late or like just has his head in the clouds, like you don't want to be quarantined with that person. Yeah. Um, there was another question about Australian rules football from Matt Heath. Just saying, if you're looking for a sport fix that it's coming up. Well, Australian rules football is rugby, right? That's just all it is, is rugby. With different number of people. Is that correct? I do not I'm going to Google. Hold on. I got to look this up. Did you guys see the uh, tweet going around where people have started betting on the weather? (laughs) I did not. Here you go. So this is the the Wikipedia entry on Australian rules football. Um, Is a contact sport played between two teams of 18 players on an oval-shaped field often a modified cricket ground. So I'm already at a disadvantage because I don't know jack shit about cricket. Points are scored by kicking an oval-shaped ball between the middle goalposts. That's worth six. This or between a goal and behind a post. I'm not quite sure I understand that. That's one. <laughs> um, yeah, this, it, there's a lot of rugby in this, it would appear. There was way back in the day, let me read this to you guys. Uh, Mad Magazine, one of the best... Uh, articles they ever did was they invented a game called 43 man squamish and i'm thinking about getting a a squamish team together um for the uh for the up for the for the quarantine that's where i think i'm gonna go i'm thinking we're gonna get a squamish a squamish game going uh 43 players on each team so that seems like a lot yeah they're all playing at the same time i mean the name did give it away if i if i'm gonna you know be honest (laughs) it's true yeah it's true 
What else we got? Uh, let's see. Brad asks short segment idea. Pat and Jesse take turns pitching movies to Mike and see who can get him hyped enough to actually watch one of them. Ooh, speaking of, I think I brought it up to Jesse. I can't remember, but I found a really good, <clears throat> poorly described the plot of a movie from Shea Serrano. And I'll read it. Jesse, remind me if I told it to you already. It, I don't remember this, and so if not, you, did. you both can go for it. So it is one of my favorite... Uh, poorly described the plot of a movie. Let me pull it up. <clears throat> okay. Poorly, poorly described the plot of a movie. A group of middle school kids inadvertently disturb a blind man's afternoon one summer. Sandlot. Mike? Group of middle school kids? A group of middle school children who inadvertently disturb a blind man's afternoon one summer day. I have no idea. It's the Sandlot. Jesse is correct. It is the Sandlot. <laughs> have you ever seen the Sandlot, Mike? I have not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to convince you to watch this movie. Oh, my God. Mike, please, just for the love of God, watch the Sandlot. I don't care if you don't like baseball. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm like, I don't know if you can't. This is an audio podcast. I'm rubbing my eyes right now in frustration. You shouldn't be touching your face right now. It's true. Um, I shaved my beard, though, so it cancels it out. I don't think that's how, I don't um, think that's how it works. <laughs> so, so, Pat, you've, you got to back me up on this, man. Wendy Peppercorn. Oh, be still my heart. One of the PF first crushes I ever had as a kid. The trout hat. <laughs> the trout hat. It's, it's the most ridiculous hat I've ever seen on a human. And everybody can commiserate in that movie with the scene where the kids all – they put a fat chaw in, Mike. They go to the carnival because this takes place in like Babe Ruth era, right? Like here's the plot of the movie without any spoilers. This kid is outcast. He moves to a new town and has no athletic ability. He's befriended by a group of kids that play baseball. They lose all their baseballs, and he takes one from his house that's signed by Babe Ruth, and it gets hit into the neighbor's yard where there's a big dog. <laughs> that's the whole fucking plot of the movie. You don't need to know anything else, okay? And it's the shenanigans they get into trying to get this fucking ball back, right? Okay. In the movie, they go to the carnival, and they, get a, they have a, a bag of dip. They have a bag of chewing tobacco, and they all stuff this fucking huge chaw in. Sidewalk. And they go on this ride. Yeah, they go on this ride that spins you around, and they just vomit everywhere, right? And they're puking all over these people. But anyone who was a kid and did dip, like and dipped for the first time, you 100% threw up if you didn't already smoke it. Yep. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. So, like, I remember watching that and being like, oh, look at these idiots. That'll never be. And then, like, three years later, I'm like, so I put a chaw in playing baseball, and I'm fucking vomiting on third base. <laughs> should have listened to the sand lot. Yeah, should have paid attention and not tried yep. chaw. Pat is a dip in right now. <laughs> Shut up. For those of you who can't see why I potentially made that comment. Anyway, what else we got, Michael? Uh, look, I can my That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, I think this is the last one. Um, it is from Black Tie Domi. If you could pick one local Pittsburgh restaurant 
that is exempt from closing due to the quarantine, which would it be? Did, did I hear that name correctly? Yeah. yeah, what was that? I think it's black tie, like black tie affair. Oh, <laughs> I was like, did somebody make a black tie Domi parody account? That's ridiculous. No, no like, like black tie affair. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that, because that one went right past me. Um, <sighs> one restaurant in Pittsburgh to keep open. Meat and potatoes, probably. I just went there like two weeks ago. Oh, how, how did you like it? Oh, I love it. It's great. Was it the first time you ever went there? No, it was the first time I went oh, there for okay. brunch. I've never been Super there Super millennial brunch. of me. Is it good? I have a good brunch? Oh, yeah. Real good. I don't, I don't ever go to brunch. I rarely do ever, but like since I work evenings on the weekend, like it's become kind of a nice little way to get a solid meal in before I go to work, especially if I'm downtown early. We have to do like a whole best brunch segment mm-hmm. um, one day. I would say Pamela's. So I, yeah, I mean, that's another one. But here's the thing, though, okay? Like, my frustration is that Pamela's is always busy anyway. It's just going to be busier now, you know? <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. Hey, can I give a shout real quick? If you're ever down at Pamela's or in that general vicinity, directly across the street from Pamela's, um, there's a place called Chicken Latina. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't know, but I'm telling you right now. People don't know about Chicken Latina. It's like four bucks. Oh, my God. It's the it's the hidden gem of the strip district. Like, it, so it's Peruvian. That's what it is, Peruvian chicken. Um, but they have a burrito, like a chicken burrito, uh, which is just to die for. Um, their yuca fries are unbelievable. Uh, and then they have a green sauce, like a house-made green sauce. Uh, that's that's dope. So if, you're, if you are down that area, got to check out Chicken Latina. Highly recommend it. Another good one that I would go with is Bellanote in the strip. Oh yeah! God, their pizza. Oh, the pizza. It's. I mean, you got to tell the people how big this pizza is, Pat. Prepare them. Is that a- like, like it's like you know the hyperbole of like, oh, you'll get a pizza slice bigger than your head. Like, no, this isn't hyperbole when you go there. It's this gigantic. is bigger than your head. Yeah, like I, I don't care how big your head is. This pizza is bigger than your head. No two ways about it. And it's delicious. It's not. I don't like pizza that has like a sweet sauce. You know, I don't like sugar in my pizza sauce. And the Bella Note's sauce is like really got a good spicy little bit of tang to it. In the, and it's like a crispy thrust. Good, crispy crust. <laughs> oh, now you know how I feel about the pizza. Woo, buddy. It's hot in here. But, <laughs> it's always fun to like. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to hit that hard on Mike, but man, he's falling out over here. <laughs> Mike's in shambles. <laughs> Um, but like the, the <laughs> crispy thrust, <laughs> but the best thing is when you take someone there for the first time and they're like, Oh yeah, I'll get two slices of blah, blah. blah and you're like, okay, you stare at them. Okay, sure you will. No, no, no. You yeah. go ahead. You go ahead. Bella Note, if like you work downtown or something like that, don't go there for lunch. Cause you're useless. For yes. <laughs> You're useless for the rest. It's like Mike and Tony's. Like I had a group, this group of guys I used to work with would try to go to, they'd go to Mike and Tony's every Wednesday. And I tried to do it. I tried to go to Mike and Tony's with that. And I made it like maybe seven weeks. And on week eight, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> like I can't, like Mike and Tony's is the most, and I love it. There's no replacing it. But you you cannot eat there every week. You can't do it. I mean, it's not possible. I mean, seven <laughs> weeks though—that's a 
That's a gritty ass run. Every Wednesday for seven weeks. And they kept going, man. Like they, they were on like a two year run at that point. You know, well, like I was just, I was only privy to a very small part of that winning streak. Well, you said you, you said you started watching Brooklyn nine, nine. So basically those two guys you worked with were Hitchcock and Scully, just dumpsters eating everything. Yep. Every day. But these guys were all in like good shape. They were all in shape. Like they all worked out all the time. They just went to Mike and Tony's every Tuesday. That makes no sense. <laughs> I know, yeah. And if here's another, can, if we're going to get into like, cause now you're, now you're getting me on the food tour. Okay. You start. You started Chicken Latina. This probably isn't great considering like we're supposed to be self-quarantining and social distancing. I know. Like, yeah, check right, out all yeah. these awesome restaurants. Yeah. Uh, so you start at, chick- at Chicken Latina. Then you go down the street to Bella Note. You go further down the street. You, <laughs> you get to uh, Mike and Tony's. Make a little bit of a left-hand turn towards Wood Street. And then you get uh, to the uh, International Buffet, which is an upstairs uh, a buffet. In a Chinese, it's Chinese-owned restaurant. They have a buffet upstairs, unbelievable, um, right on Wood Street. Can't miss it. And then, uh, yeah, then you go further down here, meat and potatoes. <laughs> so if you're ever hungry, call us. Maybe that should have been our answer for what's your favorite thing about Pittsburgh is that there's so much food. Yeah. Anything else, Michael? I think that's it. That's it for us. We're not going away, guys. Just so you know, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about hockey with you. We're going to still be your friends. It's a sad time, but we're going to lean on each other during it. (laughs) Are you awake, Mike? Momentarily. Mike's sleeping, I think. All right. I'm going to be sleeping very shortly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we go, just we kind of did it off the top. Let's just say it again now. Uh, Listen to what health experts say this time around, guys. Like, we'll be like when we do that. This isn't any kind of hoax or made up myth or panic. Like, be smart, take care of yourself, take care of those around you, and we'll be back to scream about who should be on the Penguins' third line and their third pairing D and who should start in goal for the playoffs. And just get through this, and we're gonna try to help you guys out through it as well. So just take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we're gonna get through this together. Use common sense to make good decisions.